the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Zion. Shalom. What a blessing it is to be with you again and talk about believers and our influence with the government. Wow, what a topic, right? (laughs) But let's pray first. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King, we love you, we praise you, we honor you, and we worship you. Lord, I pray, Father, that I can bring clarity to this subject, Father, that it won't cause difficulties with people, but they will under, everybody will understand our need to be involved in government at every level, at every level. So, Lord, pour out your spirit. Let your, your word your scriptures come alive to us. Let us understand them. Let us know your heart. Father, we want to do your will. So, Lord, if we have other opinions and they're different from your scriptures, help us to change. So, Lord, I pray that this time will bring insight and blessings to all who hear it. In the name of Yeshua. Amen. So, uh, last week we started this provocative subject, which is, um, should believers be involved in, in the influences of uh, and, and influence government? And I'll, I'll speak about that in a second, but uh, let me just mention that I uh, would love to have you um, be one of our partners, our monthly partners, who will give and help the radio program stay on the air. So if you would do that, that would be fantastic. Uh, Also need a lot of prayer. And if you can do that, that would also be fantastic. Um, Certainly you can call Karen at 813-831-5673. And uh, she will help you, whether it's... uh, giving of finances or any answers to questions that you might have. You know, we'd love to see your Jewish friends coming to know the Lord. Uh, We'd love to see them come to our services and get a sense of how to remain Jewish and believe that Yeshua is their Messiah. So please bring your friends. uh, Come. Uh, We have a number of locations. Check at shereshdavid.org, and we'll be happy uh, to see you. 
And if you certainly come to the South Tampa location, please introduce yourself to me as a listener. I love to know who's listening. It's, it's, it's really a blessing. Also, we love to do uh, Passover demonstrations and teachings. And, we, you know, it's going to be soon that, that we're on that season. So uh, call us for your Bible study, your church, your fellowship. We'd love to come out and share with you. So if, you, if anybody wants to email me, you can email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. Well, as I said, uh, last week we started with this topic of, because, you know, sometimes in, in our congregation when I get a little political, and I don't usually get very political, but when I do, and, and, and I will, uh, you know, I get criticism like, well, this is a house of God and it doesn't give God glory to talk politics. Well, everything we do should be influenced by us. Every, our culture should be a believing culture, and it's only going to happen if you and I get involved. I believe that we are to influence our government on any level and on every level. Uh, look, concerning God's moral standards and God's purposes for government, which are so clearly spoken of in, in Scripture. And if we don't stand up for religious freedom, who will? So last week, we looked at biblical leaders. We started on also the issue of abortion. And I just want to mention in Psalm 139.13, it says, For you have created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. So, This clearly points out that a baby in the womb is God's handiwork. So as we continue, we need to deal with what people are saying in our culture and compare that to biblical values. One of the things that people are saying, and and many believers feel this is true too, that abortion is okay if the mother was raped. Now, I would just beg to differ with you. We must ask the question, is it okay to kill an unborn baby? So let's figure this out. Somebody, a woman gets raped, and now she has life within her. Because you don't know who the father is, we should kill the baby. Is that what people are saying? What would Yeshua say? You answer it. I don't believe we should kill the unborn baby under any circumstance except if the mother's life is in jeopardy. I mean, what if you were the person who lived after your mother was raped? In other words, you were the child. How would you feel now? Do you think you should have been aborted? And there are many cases of babies who were supposed to be aborted who ended up living. And, and, and so 
Are we to deny life? Is that within our jurisdiction? Is that within our power? Is murder ever right? We might kill somebody in self-defense or as a punishment for killing someone else, but and, and that's through the government. If, if someone says that their objection is that believers should not impose moral standards on others, that's my entire point. We have to bring God's moral standards through in his word into every area of culture and see the culture bring their moral understanding because they will bring their moral understanding instead of us. It's a choice. That's why we're involved. That's why we vote. We're God's ambassadors here on earth. What do you think God feels about killing the unborn? If we don't stand up for the unborn, who will? I believe God is clear in a lot of his word, and in Jeremiah 7, verse 30, it says this, and we'll read a number of verses there. The children of Judah have done what is evil in my sight. It is a declaration of Adonai. They have set their detestable things in the house that bears my name to defile it. They have built the high places of Topheth, in the valley of Ben-Hinnon, to burn their sons and their daughters in the fire, which I did not command, nor did it even enter my mind. Therefore, the days are coming soon, declares Adonai, when it will no longer be Topheth, nor the valley of Ben-Hinnom, but the valley of slaughter, for they will bury the until there's no room the carcasses of this people will be food for the birds of the sky and for the beasts of the earth and no one will frighten them away then i will bring an end from the cities of judah and from the streets of jerusalem to the voice of joy and the voice of gladness the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride for the land will be desolate do you think god is happy with the killing of children, or are we now differentiating the fact that there's a baby in the womb and, let's say, a baby who's one month old? Is there a difference? Aren't they both babies? My opinion for studying Scripture is that our government should have the following policies. And look, if you disagree with me, feel free to email me and tell me why. No abortions except to save the mother's life. Secondly, government should not fund or promote abortions. Third, government should do what they can to encourage life. So as an example, help financially if, if there's a problem for moms. Secondly, partner with churches and other organizations to offer support emotionally and financially. And finally, to partner with churches and other organizations to promote adoptions and to help lower the price of adoptions so that more people would consider it. You have an opportunity to voice your opinion about abortion, you know. There are a couple of pro-life bills in, in the Florida legislature right now 
which would help protect the unborn. They're not the perfect laws, not not as far as I, I'd like to go much further, but definitely uh, I'll read you a little bit about it. Look, write or call your legislators about this bill. So this is a John Stemberger, who's the president of Florida Family Policy Council, released the following statement on the newly introduced pro-life legislation. This bill is a unique and comprehensive approach to protecting unborn children. If the bill passes, it would provide the most robust protection for unborn babies in Florida's post-Roe history. The bill protects unborn children after 15 weeks of pregnancy, which is almost identical to the Mississippi law in the Dobbs case, which is now before the U.S. Supreme Court, to be decided in June of 2022, where many expect Roe versus Wade could over, be overturned. The bill also addresses and fixes the late-term abortion problem we have in Florida, Since many pregnant mothers travel to Florida for the express purpose of receiving a later term abortion, which is not allowed in other states, the bill increases reporting requirements, including the reporting of chemical abortions, which are becoming more and more prevalent. The Senate and House bills are well thought out and almost mirror each other, which increases the bill's likelihood of passage. This bill is a major step in the right direction. So this is what uh, John Stemberger has to say, and I am definitely a fan of his. He is a champion for this type of thing. And and so, um, you know, call your legislators. Let's move back to the idea of believers being an influence on our government and our culture and being involved with politics. Now, let me, you might find this quote surprising because it's from President Bill Clinton in 2003. But as we're talking about this subject, this is a quote from, he was at an interfaith breakfast. And uh, so let's, let's listen closely because here's, well, you'll see it. I bought a book on vacation called The Culture of Disbelief by Stephen Carter, a professor at our old alma mater, Hillary's and mine, at the Yale Law School. He is himself a committed Christian, very dedicated to the religious freedoms of all people of faith, of any faith in the United States. And the subtitle of the book is How American Law and Politics Trivialize religious devotion. And I would urge you all to read it from whatever political as well as religious spectrum you have, because at least it lays a lot of these issues out that I'm trying to grapple with. Sometimes I think the environment in which we operate is entirely too secular. The fact that we have freedom of religion doesn't mean we need to try to have freedom from religion. It doesn't mean that those of us who have faith shouldn't frankly admit that we are animated by the faith, that we try to live by it, and that it does affect what we feel, what we think, and what we do. So President Clinton realized that our culture is going too far in trying to separate faith and politics. 
Here's a quote from President George Washington. This uh, prayer for the United States of America appears on a plaque in St. Paul's Chapel in New York City, as well as at uh, Pohick Church in Fairfax County, Virginia, where Washington was a vestryman from 1762 to 1784. And it goes as follows. Almighty God, we make our earnest prayer that thou wilt keep the United States in thy holy protection, and thou wilt incline the hearts of the citizens to cultivate a spirit of subordination and obedience to government, and entertain a brotherly affection and love for one another and for their fellow citizens of the United States at large, and particularly for their brethren who have served in the field. And finally, that thou wilt most graciously be pleased to dispose us all to do justice, to love mercy, and to demon, uh, demean ourselves with that charity, humility, and passive, uh, pacific temper of mind, which were the characteristics of the divine author of our blessed religion, and without a humble imitation of whose example in these things we can never hope to be a happy nation. Grant our supplication, we beseech thee, through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. So all of that is from George Washington. Wow, you can see how this is all about faith because he was a strong man of faith and wherever he went, his faith went with him. And to say to separate his faith from, from his political agenda, it's not possible. Come on, everybody. We cannot be apathetic. We, can't, we have to wake up and, and mobilize before the slippery slope of this country just goes down into a pit. So this gives you a taste of why I feel we who love God and his word should be involved and be a loud voice in politics. Now, a similar issue to abortion is that of euthanasia, which is, if you don't know what that is, it's helping the elderly to die if they're in chronic pain or terminally ill, or have severe severe dementia, or any other injury or illness that appear to have no reasonable human hope of recovery. So euthanasia is, is called a good death, because that's actually the literal of what it comes from, or mercy killing. However, the word murder in Exodus 20.13, where it says you shall not murder, includes premeditated murder. So the biblical command prohibits the action of taking the life of another person, even an elderly or terminally ill person or a person in great pain. This understanding is also found in Leviticus 24.17, Mark 10.19, Romans 13.9, and other places. We see an example of this when King David when this fellow came up to him uh, during the wartime and, and said, you know, uh, Saul is dead. And, and he says, how do you know? He says, because I killed him because he asked me to kill him. And so 
um, and because he was so badly injured, right? But King David's response to that was capital punishment for the man who killed King Saul. We always have to be careful about a slippery slope in public policy. When someone is killed because they are so sick, who says how sick? Who says when it's okay? How do we prevent this from happening in less severe cases? It, it gets very, very difficult. Look, take Europe as an example. Uh, they have socialized medicine, and some of the elderly are not treated because it is considered by a group of physicians that makes a decision that their sickness is too far gone and we need to save the money for younger people. I'm not kidding. That's what's happening. Are you okay with that? I'm not. I don't believe we as people have the right over anybody's life. And so this is an area that we really need to think about and pray about very carefully. Look, another key issue that the believing world has been way too quiet about is because they're scared, I understand, to say the truth, because when they say the truth, they're going to be branded as haters and intolerant and all that other stuff. But it's the area of marriage, You know, we've seen what the culture is capable of. In 2015, the Supreme Court ruled saying states cannot keep same-sex couples from marrying and must recognize the union of same-sex couples. I mean, that... What is government doing Genesis 1, 27 and 28, God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the land and conquer it. This is God's commandment. We see Yeshua reiterating God's plan in Matthew 19.3, starting with verse 3, Pharisees came up to Yeshua testing him and saying, is it permitted for a man to divorce his wife for any reason at all? And he says, haven't you read, he answered, he who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said, for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh, besah echad. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. And in, in referring to the divorcing part, Yeshua said to them, because of your hardness of heart, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. In other words, it was sin. And it's still sin, and it's sin whether it's, it's, it's all sorts of sexual sins, including homosexuality. It's not the only one. There's adultery. So we see that as high as the president of the United States, some of them have been involved in adultery. That's sin, just like homosexuality. Ah, where did the time go? Is it? Oh, my goodness. 
Well, please stay tuned. We'll, we'll continue this next week. I just pray that you will understand where my heart is. I haven't even got to the part that we shouldn't judge people, but that's next week. And, and we, we have to just judge actions. And even there, we have to be kind and loving. Well, please visit us. Come to our website. Um, email us. Call us. 813-831-5673. I pray that all those who are listening will grow in their desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. And we know what the heart of Messiah is because it is the Word of God made flesh. So, Lord, I pray for each and every person listening to my voice that they will desire your heart. In the name of Yeshua, I pray this. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach. Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.